1: I knew it started with an S,
0: though. Hi, and welcome to Beer with Geeks, where two geeks kick out with beer. I'm Tim, and with me for the first time in 2023, it's Frank. How are you today? Hey, 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 buddy. How are you today? I am doing well. The sun is shining somewhere in the world, probably, and I'm alive. So what
1: more can you ask for? We have made it. We have made it to another year. Another year of Beer with Geeks begins now has the luster of
0: 20 of the 20s worn off not in like they were great years but more in like the like we're in the future we're in the 2020s like you know is it like okay, i were in 2023 now like does it feel like wow i sure. said 2023 is it the
1: future anymore you know what i mean i mean yeah it has worn off because but i feel that way every year right like i you know t- a decade ago i was like wow we're in the tw- 2010s like arthur c clark made wrote a book about 2010 Mm. you know like but 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 when you got there was it really that special it was like no it's okay it's 2010 just another year just another number
0: Eh. just another thing Mm. no i understand yeah i i just i there's something about the 2020s in like as like a future number that just sounded sure. so far away in the way that 2000, 2010, 15, whatever, just didn't the same way, but that luster is is waning. You know, by 2050, yeah, though, I mean, that'll, feel, that'll be the thing. That'll feel that.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think about, you know, like my daughter was born last year, and she'll be, you know, when she graduates from high school, that'll be the class of 2040, right? And mm-hmm. that sounds like a futuristic number that like wow we'll have flying cars by then type of thing um but when we get there it'll be like oh yeah can you believe like you know we thought we'd have flying cars but we still have cars on the road and some people still drive fossil fuel cars <laughs> can you believe that True. um you know like it won't be that it won't be that That crazy as it it feels i mean when i i graduated high school in 2007 and i remember that feeling like it was such a futuristic number and now it's like forever ago um so yeah i don't know you know these things numbers sound futuristic when you get there and it's like oh it's the same
0: (laughs) Uh, Um, table what you just said reminded me of um this book i'm reading it's called the skeptics guide to the future what yesterday's hmm. science and science fiction tell us about the world of tomorrow.
1: Um Ooh, that yeah, sounds really interesting.
0: Yeah, the world of tomorrow. And uh um I will um send it to you if you need me to, unless you remember the name. But it's it's basically it's a futurist writing about why the future through science fiction never ends up being reality and what huh. like our actual how can we actually can predict the future or where we're going and why it's very difficult to actually predict where things are going. And one of the things that he writes about is this like, um, uh, idea that people like blanket technology, like, Oh, well, flying cars because that's like, because we, we tend to be like one word technology. We think that one technology will just completely revolutionize the way that we do everything and it will com- And the better thing will, Actual like take the place of something less or 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 less good, which is n- history shows it's actually not the case. Like VHS versus Betamax, a um, mm-hmm, Blu-ray mm-hmm. versus HD in HD disc or whatever that other one was. You know, like and like stuff like that. Yeah, right. And then the um what was the other one um the the hydrogen engine versus the combustible engine versus like all these different things that we like think will like change the way that we do everything and it actually either go away or they change very little there are very few things that you can pinpoint science things that you can pinpoint that like actually revolutionized the world um you know like the cotton gin but like, how other, right. how many other things were invented between the cotton gin and like the next revolutionary thing, like the light bulb? But like, even the light bulb, you had like AC currents and DC currents, and you had filaments sure. and you had this. And like, the better one didn't win; the one that got out to the public faster won, which is something different. So yeah, it's just very interesting. Um, uh, I do recommend it's a it's a
1: good read. That sounds great. i will put that in the show notes for anyone who's curious because um, I'm my curiosity is piqued by that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure others will too. So, yeah. Um, yeah. But anyway, that was all prelude to say, Frank, what are you drinking today? Ah, uh, I am drinking from the Rising Tide Beer Company of Portland, Maine. I'm drinking their Uncle Neil pre prohibition lager. Ooh. Um, mm. I was up in the Portland, Maine area, um, background Thanksgiving, and they had a great sale, Thanksgiving week sale on six packs, like mix and, mix and match six packs. So, uh, I picked up a bunch of, uh, of stuff that I wouldn't, maybe wouldn't otherwise, uh, buy to take home. I was like, oh, okay. I got a bunch of interesting beers I can try it, uh, on Beer of Peaks. Um, cool. So I'm sipping their, uh, their, pre-prohibition lager and it's it's really really good it is a really it's a hoppy lager Um, i expected it to be sort of a um less hoppy thing but it is it is a hoppy lager um and it is um again never filtered never pasteurized uh six percent abv and it's uh it's delicious it's lovely i love Mm. it and it's funny because uh my wife has an uncle neil um who spells it the same way that it's spelled on the cam. which is sort of a fun, a fun thing. So that sounds yeah, great. It's their pre-prohibition and recipe Lager. Hmm. What about yourself? What are you drinking?
0: Uh, I am not drinking a beer. Uh, I uh, haven't, uh, truthfully, I haven't really replenished my supply in some time. Um, so I'm going in a different direction, and I'm drinking a Maker's Mark whiskey straight up. Ah, uh, um, nothing special about it. Just whiskey, in a, whiskey in a jar. Mm. love it yeah, it's very good
1: um you know i used to be a scotch guy and and, and the last couple of years i I am a bourbon guy i realized that i am i picked the wrong whiskey i, I was excited about scotch because i thought it was interesting it because different and and i drink scotch don't lie i mean that was part of it yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah for sure that was part of it um but also like you know like our mutual friend andrew was into scotch and so i was like mm-hmm. oh okay like you know i don't know i just decided to try I, I was new to whiskey and I was just trying something. Right. And so I started with scotch um, and uh, and I, I I like scotch, but I was finding it hard to sort of find the kind that I like, you know, pe- very peaty, not less peaty, but bourbon bourbon is my uh, is my scotch is my is my is my whiskey love. Hmm. Um, it's my favorite, my favorite kind. I it's, like rye, too. But but bourbon is I think
0: bourbon's yeah. my bourbon's my favorite. Um I try, I've also tried Scotch a few times, and it's just it doesn't have enough meat on the bone for me. Like mm-hmm. I think that's like you know like what like it's like it's not that it's like it can't decide what it wants to be, but it just like it's a little too distilled, I guess. Like it's okay. there's not enough yeah. substance to it. Um, and so yeah, so you know the whiskey bourbon is the is the life for me. And you got me this Maker's Mark actually. Um
1: yeah yeah that's right.
0: Yeah. So uh so cheers to you. Thanks. <laughs> mm. Um Cheers buddy. Uh so Frank, um we didn't really get to recap 2022. Um mm-hmm. you know the the stuff that came out, you know like stuff comes by, we we do the show weekly. But there's still stuff out there that we like didn't ever talk about again or like just stuff that we never connected on like I don't know, did you watch White Lotus? I don't know. Like you know what I mean, like, and so what's some of the stuff that you just liked in twenty twenty two read it, mm. watched it, listened to it, consumed it, whatever, doesn't matter. do you have anything? you hated everything
1: well, you mentioned white Lotus, and yeah i, I right at the end of twenty twenty two um Marissa and I caught up on both seasons of white Lotus um have you watched it at all
0: not a second
1: is it worth my time yes okay um it is excellent it is Can excellent it, what is it because the trailers
0: okay. don't i obviously they're they not sure try, they're trying to give they're not try they're trying to hide what it is because they're not telling me anything but by doing so um uh um but by doing so it uh It just
1: makes it... It doesn't really entice, uh, based on the trailers. No, it doesn't. Um, It doesn't... uh... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So, what is it? The White Lotus is an anthology drama series on HBO Max. Didn't know that. Uh, um, uh, So, it's an anthology style. So, each season covers a different set of characters, a different storyline. So each season is is more is is pretty much self contained. Um so you can you can just watch season two and you will not be missing anything from season one. Oh, that's cool. Um uh, if you do watch season one, there, there are some there's a little bit of carryover from season one and season two, but it's not the kind of thing that you need to have watched season one to understand. Mm. It's not like they're connected in any real meaningful way. That's gotcha. right. Um so uh, I don't want to spoil it by saying exactly what carries over, but um, I'll, I'll vaguely a character is in both seasons, but that's that doesn't really matter. Is it Jennifer um, Coolidge? I would say start with season two, honestly, because oh. that's the one that everyone's talking about right now. I see, okay, and and if you like it, then watch season one. Okay, can, um, can I that's just what I ask do. though? Like, what is the? You said it was an
0: anthology series, but like. Is it a drama? Is it a mystery, Murder mystery? It's is a, it like it's a what, drama? Like,
1: what is it? It's a drama. It covers the so the White Lotus the 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 uh, uh, the uh, hotel the the name yeah comes from uh, it is a hotel um, chain uh, a a luxury hotel where uh, we follow. Each season is a different location of this hotel. Season one is in Hawaii. Season two is in Sicily. Oh, um, oh. And you are following the guests who are staying at the hotel in a, in a certain, I think it's like a week or, or, or something like that. But people who are all staying at the hotel at the same time for a given period of time, let's, let's call it a week. Um, so you're seeing all the different characters or people who are all staying at the hotel and the hotel staff, um, and you are it it's one of those drama series that if you just if you just describe it uh uh it sound it doesn't sound like much it's like okay so it's people staying in a hotel and the guests and the and the staff
0: no hotels are interesting right. hotels are interesting places
1: i uh it's a cross section of mostly american life right cuz it's these americans staying at this hotel in in Hawaii which is America obviously, but then in sicily um and how they how their stories overlap a little bit, how their stories um overlap with the lives of the staff members at the hotel um and it has it's a very interesting very subtle very h b o um mm-hmm. commentary on modern american life um it covers in a very subtle way, it covers things like, uh, you know, white privilege and white supremacy. It covers mm. things like um, the lives of um, sex workers versus the lives of the mostly white male uh, clientele who who benefit from them uh, yeah. and who who uh, take advantage of them. Um, it talks about, um, all all sorts of, of, it's a lot of social commentary, but in a very interesting character study kind of way. Mm. Um, got some great people in it. Um, in season one, you've got, uh, Alexander, Alexander Dario and, uh, Connie Britton and Steve Zahn in season 2 you've got F Marie Abraham and um uh one of the guys from the sopranos whose name is escaping me right now Tony. um no, no, no. uh nope but uh he's dead but uh yeah some very uh Is he though
0: the screen cool. went blank Frank I don't know. Uh, yeah. I just don't well, know. I mean
1: in real life he's dead. I know that. Yeah. Uh yeah. But anyway, yeah. Uh so it's, it's some really really cool uh, um storytelling uh i didn't expect to like it didn't love it at first but i gave it a season and and came to really really like it okay it's written by uh written and i believe directed by mike white who is a screenwriter who's been in hollywood for a while fun fact he was on survivor a few years ago um and he made it pretty close to the end uh so i already knew him as a survivor player and then Realized that oh my god that's the same Mike White who created White Lotus that's crazy, um so yeah it's a really really good show and I recommend it. Okay, all right that was
0: a pretty good that was a pretty good give it with your best shot that was nice,
1: cool yeah mini mini best shot. What what did you like in 2022? What did you watch, listen to, read, or otherwise consume? Um I, (laughs) I consumed a good amount of
0: comics this year. That we don't mm. talk, you know, because I,
1: I did not. So tell me about. Yeah. That.
0: So I like I, it takes me sometimes like three or four days over the course of a week, even spread out to read one issue of a comic now. Right. I just don't have the time to get yep. there. So parenthood. Um, yeah. Right. But there were actually or like there are actually books that I'm like current with still because the story demanded that I actually read you. And I would and some of them are actually a little surprising. So some are not like so. Uh, so Nightwing, um, Tom Taylor's Nightwing is just outstanding. Like like, um, what's a great way to describe like, mm, Ultimate Spider-Man? Outstanding. Like if that makes sense. Like wow. it's, it's not like the, That's I, high praise. Yeah, it's not the same tone necessarily obviously is you know it's a different no, no, character or whatever but, but like you
1: liked it as much but, oh you yeah it's like
0: it's it's like uh you every every issue is like a cozy little blanket and you just feel so good at the end of every issue and you don't have to be a big nightwing fan you don't have to be a big batman fan or anybody like you don't have to know diddly about any of it and it just gives you really engaging Characters, which I feel is a lot of sometimes lacking from a Nightwing book, um, and so like when it comes down to it, Dick Grayson is just the greatest person in the DCU apart from Superman. Like that's kind of its thesis, where um, hmm. where like yeah, Superman, like Superman is always the top, no matter what, right? Always does the right thing, is the moral a figure, whatever else but Dick Grayson is the nicest guy in the DC universe. Hmm. And that's like, like uh, no ego, no, you know, skin on it. It's just like the biggest heart that there is. And that's, that's the story that it tells. And it's really good. Um, It's really good. Um, So I recommend Nightwing for sure. Um,
1: Yeah. If I can interject for one quick question, where should, like, where did you jump on? Where would you recommend people jump on? Like, um, a, what, I do you, don't cool? know. That, Tom Taylor's been writing it for a few years now, hasn't he? Yeah, so would it's you been one. or sh- run. Yeah, I would
0: go back to the beginning of his run. It's one long story. Okay, and it, it's not that. It, I mean, it's maybe two graphic novel worth, maybe three at this point. Like it's which you sure. can which you obviously you can read in forty five minutes, right? You know, so like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really not a a huge huge commitment. Um, but I would definitely do that. But going along with Superman, one of the other books that. Demanded that I read every week was Action Comics, which I wanted to tell you about, really. I don't know if you were uh, reading it at all, but basically— I have
1: not read—I've i I've been so far behind comics for, yeah. for a couple of years now.
0: Yeah, basically Superman discovers that War World is being run or, like— I don't know. Run is not the right word. So like, you know, Mongol, you've heard of him, you know, you're familiar with his work. Um very familiar with Mongol. Yeah. So the way that the story did this, like there's a lineage of Mongols and like the son always kills the father and becomes the next Mongol. And like, and part, wow. yeah. And so in like part of what they do is subjugate other alien races on war world and they become these slaves. And there's a bunch of ancient Kryptonians on war world, um, like pre we call the Krypton, like Kryptonians, like, like really, really, really old. And so he's like, okay, John, you're Superman. I'm going to go to space and free these slaves. Like, oh, so this is Clark. This is Clark. Yeah. This is not John. Okay. Yeah. This is full on Clark. And, uh, and so he takes this kind of, he takes this team with him. That's, you know, it takes Natasha irons and, um, uh, Midnighter and Apollo, and, um, what's his, The uh, Truth Justice? It was so funny about Truth Justice, The American Way. What's his name? Um, the British guy with the purple hair. He was on Supergirl. Um, and then he was on Star Trek Discovery.
1: Uh, uh, uh. Yes, uh Ma- uh Manchester-, Manchester, no, no, Manchester Black gets
0: it. Yeah, Manchester, Manchester Black. This. Black. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um yeah, and so like he's part of the team so like all the and they go and it's basically Spartacus with Superman. That's the easiest that's the best oh, way I can describe it. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It's like like a bit of gladiator, a bit of Spartacus, you know, like all that like sword it's like sword and sandal war world um because he like loses his powers, you know, being on war world. So he's like yeah, it's great. You know what it is? It's it's Spartacus meets John Carter plus Superman. Like, it actually, what I loved, it, Whoa. like, leans into the John Carter roots of Superman, like, nice. by telling this John Carter-esque story. And it's really good. It's, like, it just delivered every issue. Um, and it just, like superman's greatest strength is being a symbol of hope and that is quite literally what that story is about like him giving hope to the hopeless like and it's just really good and i like if you want to like i think it's that's phil kennedy johnson is the writer so Mm -hmm. I, i don't know the issues but you can hop on and and like look to that so i would recommend that for sure if you um need somewhere to look and it's unconnected to other books. You can just read action. You don't have to do anything else. Like it is I like that story I actually have, you can, I don't know if you can see it because um, I'm not, I am myself Oh yeah. So I'm going to move my head and you can actually see some art from it behind me. So excuse me.
1: Oh, that's pretty. Yeah. Yeah. It. Yeah, it is. That's uh, pretty. Yeah, that's that's for pretty. uh for our viewers, our listeners who cannot view, cannot see, but uh, Tim is showing me a few panels of some very pretty art uh, of Superman on Warworld.
0: I believe. Yeah, it's Mikkel Janin. It's actually from Future State, but it's like the story that Future State set up, and so it's like Superman, and he's basically in gladiatorial gear, but the S crest is the Kingdom Come S. Um, and it's just him with a giant ax and a shield because he doesn't really have powers, but he's still doing his Superman thing.
1: And it's cool. It's very cool. I like that. Yeah. Um, I like that. I found a list of the issues, um, which I'll add to the show notes so that if anyone who wants to, uh, wants to read it, you can, uh, you'll know there's a reading list so that you can, uh, follow along as I plan to. Great. War World Saga by philip kennedy johnson and it looks like uh grant morrison had something to do with this as well
0: um oh he wrote a one shot of the like team getting together before they go to war world gotcha um okay. which was your typical grant morrison i don't want to say nonsense because that makes it sound like everything he does is <laughs> nonsense but <laughs> yeah
1: yeah that's pejorative but i get what you mean yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
0: yeah. so not necessarily necessary reading but it's okay sure something else that you took to that you we have not really talked about you know because obviously there's stuff that we did like that we talked about like kenobi yes. and uh
1: other things probably sure, sure. um you know something the Batman, we didn't whatever. talk about something we didn't talk about that i really really spent a lot of time with in 2022 um we've talked about superman one of my all-time great loves another one of my all-time great loves as you know Tim, oh i know where you're going with
0: this wait can i say can I say what I think yeah. it is? You're gonna talk about Go the six-hour Beatles documentary.
1: That was in 2021. Okay, so no, I'm backing up. Not. I'm backing up off of the thing. Also, it was it was closer to nine hours. So put Holy some respect moly. on my on my, yeah. ma- on my yeah. guy's yeah. names. Um, no, I'm talking about the 2022 re-release of the Beatles album Revolver. Oh um, yeah. So you were you were on the right track. Yeah. Um, Revolver is their 1966 album. Um, that is the precursor to their psychedelic era. Uh, it is right heading mm-hmm. from the mop top era into the psychedelic era. It's the album that came out right before Sgt. Pepper's, which is really where they went psychedelic, right? So, Revolver is the album that has Eleanor Rigby on it, it has Yellow Submarine on it, it has, um, Taxman, it has, um, a bunch of their uh, of their songs. Okay. Right. You don't have to remember right. the rest of
0: them because those are the only two good ones on the album. That's my
1: hot take on. Revolver. Okay, well that okay. So you are fired from this podcast. And, I just it's my um, least it's my least favorite Beatles album. Revolver is it really? Yeah. your least favorite. It's my wow. least favorite.
0: Um, with the brilliance that is Eleanor Rigby, and I just mm-hmm. every time another song comes on because I have it right, you know, because it's the Beatles. Mm-hmm. So, but like every time mm-hmm. another one comes on, I'm like, no, this just doesn't do it for me
1: it never it's,
0: ever does it for me
1: okay i th- so i can write an entire i have a, like a thesis about why revolver is so pivotal and so important because it is the hinge between the album before it is revolver is, is is rubber soul which is a very folk rock sort of uh birds-esque album yeah i, I love and Rubber Soul. Re- yeah revolver is sort of the hinge between rubber soul and Sergeant Pepper. Listeners at home. Every time um,
0: Frank says hinge, he's moving his, the word his fingers down I'm to make like it's just wonderful it a hinge. imagery.
1: It is it is pivotal because it is a hinge. Because it starts with Tax Man, and you've got Eleanor Rubin, you've got Yellow Submarine, and you've got uh Here, There and Everywhere. You've got all these beautiful songs on it. Um and then it ends with Tomorrow Never Knows, which is an acid trip brought to brought to life. Um, it is. Uh, I, uh, got to get In my life is on that album too. I mean, like a lot of great songs are on that album. Um, I love it because it is. I personally love uh, R- Rubber Soul and Revolver are like are like a two parter for me. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at the start of of Rubber Soul. You're listening to Drive My Car and you know Norwegian Wood and uh um Blackbird on on I'm, there. I'm looking through you. No, that's no. the white album. It's a couple of years yeah. later But it's this, yeah, it's a lot of acoustic. Blackbird is very much in the spirit of it. It's very folky and and acoustic on Rubber Soul. In My Life it it is Rubber Soul. In My Life is on Rubber Soul. Yes, absolutely. Um, And then by the end of Revolver, the next album, you're looking at Tomorrow Never Knows, which is this experimental, psychedelic, literally acid-inspired track. So I I love it because it takes you from the mop tops to the um, sergeant pepper era the the psychedelic era Mm -hmm. i love that that transition so much i love watching them progress as songwriters as studio musicians one of my big like i've been thinking i'm percolating on this idea for years Tim, that like that period from 65 to 67 is their like their their most productive most creative Mm -hmm. era their their most trans you know transitional era where you really see them change as songwriters and discover how to play the studio the recording studio as an instrument Mm. they really come into their own as recording artists anyway uh you mentioned the the nine hour get back documentary that peter jackson made on disney Mm plus when he made that documentary he developed this technology to that most of the tapes that he was using to make the Get Back documentary were mono tapes that were just um, for like the cameras to use. Mm-hmm. Um, they were not the recording studio, you know, stereo recording. They were just for the cameras to make a TV. They were making a TV movie, was what they thought they were making. Um, he developed a technology to take the mono tracks where all of the voices and instruments were all locked in on one track and you couldn't separate them. He developed this AI technology because of the pandemic, he had time. Where he was able to train an AI to recognize Paul's voice, John's voice, George's voice, Ringo's voice, each of their guitars, each of their instruments, so that he could separate them out. And AI was able to separate them out so he could mix it in stereo. That's so why that he could have, you know, John's guitar on the left side and Paul's bass on the right side and mm-hmm. their voices and whatever. He trained an AI how to do this. And and the more he trained, once he had developed it and trained it more and more, it got better and better and better. They took that AI and they used it on the revolver album. Oh. Uh, which was recorded in stereo, but it was recorded on a four-track tape machine. So mm-hmm. you had multiple instruments locked together on 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 uh, a couple of tracks. So like the guitar, bass, and drums were all recorded on one on one track. You could you could move all of those to the left or to the right, you know, or or in between. Mm-hmm. But they were all locked into whatever you had to one, you had to do all three of them because they were all locked in on the same tape. They applied that that ai technology to the revolver album and now suddenly they were able to separate all the instruments even separate like ringo's drums the bass drum could be here and the tom toms could be over here and the cymbals could be over here um so for the first time you could really play with the full um stereo scope from left to right and and put the instruments in different places and really feel like you're in the room with them as they're playing these songs so they did that to revolver which is a beloved album and a very sig- culturally significant album and they were able to do a new mix of it and i i listened to it incessantly after it came out love the new mix of it people have opinions on whether or not you should do that to you know like well the original mix is the the mix of the Beatles worked on blah, blah. yes it was and it still exists and you can listen to it as much as you'd like but the new mix an interesting new way of presenting the music to a new Generation it's it's mixed more like modern records are mixed so that when it comes up on Spotify or Apple Music, a young person is going to hear it and it won't feel so weird because why are three of the instruments in in one ear and the vocals are in the other ear like that's super off balance and weird right after if you have it like on shuffle and you're listening Mm -hmm. to like Fleetwood Mac or I don't know Billie Eilish or whatever and then the Beatles comes up and why that's a weird sound um it sounds more like a modern record does and it really brings out a lot of things there are. Instruments that you couldn't really hear because they right. were buried under other instruments in the mix, and now you can really appreciate them. And then the bonus tracks do a really interesting thing of showing how the songs were written. Where you hear, like, for example, "Yellow Submarine" was this really sad folk song that John Lennon started on, where he's like, "In the place where I was born, no one cared, no one cared." Like that was the beginning of "Yellow Submarine." Mm. He wrote the melody with these really sad, like, like folk lyrics uh and and then when he got with Paul they turned it into this like sort of children's song but it, it's interesting to to listen to a song evolve uh, over the course of the bonus disc where you hear like literally John singing into, into a cassette recorder in his bedroom uh and you hear the next version the next version next version until it sounds like the version that we know it's cool they do that with every song so uh-huh. it's really really cool to to hear the new mix of the album and then listen then to these bonus tracks and hear the songs evolve so Revolver twenty twenty two mix is uh it was a a big thing I listened to this year and really, really loved. Do you know if they're gonna go back and use that
0: AI on the albums they previously released? Because some of them are brand I think I think Abbey Road was like a twenty nineteen release. Like it, it's yeah. really recent.
1: It is. They didn't need to do that with Abbey Road because that was recorded on an eight track machine. So the things were pretty separated already. Okay. And the same, they did the White Album in 2018. They did Sgt. Pepper in 2017. They were able to go with those, they were able to go back to the source tapes and most of the instruments were recorded individually because the, they, they were using newer technology by then. Mm hmm. Um, but 66 was the last year where they were using the old technology and and, and they needed this AI. The speculation is that they're now going to start going back in time and do, they did 66, now they, maybe they can do 65, 64, 63, go back sure, and go do all, all the, 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 the earlier albums to, the Beatles, using this AI. Yeah, they,
0: the, the, with the Beatles recordings is not, The same, like yeah, yeah. Please,
1: please me too. The first album, they're they're both yeah. They're not. They're super. They were recorded on twin track, which is only two tracks. Mm. Where literally, you got one track for all the instruments and one track for all the vocals, and you can you know mix them, pan them around a little bit. But like, you got two to work with because mono at the beginning of the sixties, mono was was it right? Um, and stereo was kind of a gimmick until the end of the sixties. So, Mm. um, yeah, it sounds like they're gonna go probably go back. It sounds like rubber Soul is probably the next thing. It's probably going to come out in 2023, a new mix of that. Um, but yeah, Revolver, fantastic new mix of it. I recommend if you really care, doing like an AB, like listen side by side, like listen to one of the tracks, the old the 2009 remix sure. or, or yeah. remaster, and then listen to the 2022 mix side by side and hear the like, whoa, the instruments are in totally different places in my left and right ears. Um, that's what I would recommend. But anyway, Beetle Nerd. Getting off his soapbox now. That was very good. Um, that,
0: and that didn't necessarily convince me that I will like the music of Revolver more, but I will certainly appreciate the hinge um and sure and the technology. Like that is that's enough for me. That's good. um
1: Yeah, yeah. If you don't if you don't like the if the songs are not your thing, it's not going to change that. But no, it's a but, different listening. But process. I can
0: always appreciate how things work and how they're put together, which brings me to my last thing. Before we wrap up this episode, I read the Jim Henson biography by Brian J. Jones uh, in 2022 Mm -hmm. came out a number of years ago, Um, but it is definitely one of the best things that I read all year. Absolutely worth listening to, which is what I did because the narrator has Jim's cadence And then he ends up doing a lot of the Muppet voices when they come up, when they certain scenes come up as examples or whatever. And like, you want to call the Jim Henson company and be like, hire this man because I don't, he might already work for you. I'm not sure. But if he doesn't hire this man, because his like his, his Muppets are spot on there. It's amazing. His bird, his Ernie, his Kermit, his Fozzie bear, whatever. Um, but the it was really it was a really good read, mostly because Jim Henson was a good person, and that is mm. what my big takeaway was. That it was like there was so little like the sordid life of Jim Henson and the how the this right. ruined the Muppets for you and whatever. I, at the end of it, I walked away like loving the Muppets even more, wanting to watch the dark crystal and labyrinth and, and mm. like basically support Jim Henson in every single way that I possibly could. Like, even though he's been dead since 1991, like, right. But I like need to support him. Like it was just wildly good. Um, I don't, I don't know if you, have did you, have you read it? I'm not sure. I can't remember.
1: I haven't read... I read his George Lucas... Yep, that's... uh, ...biography. Yeah, which
0: is also excellent. I loved his George Lucas biography. Um, And so um, he has a Dr. Seuss one as well and a Washington Irving one, which, like, one of these things is not like the
1: other. Washington Irving one, sounds that really catches my interest. Yeah, Um, and that is... But the Jim um, Henson one does as well.
0: Yeah, I would definitely do the Jim Henson one. Like, you've got Knight's where you've got to be up in the nursery or you're going for a walk or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's well worth your time. It's really good. Um, like it, like, especially like in a, this is how it works kind of way. Like you said, um, in, in terms of the, in terms of the Muppetry and even just what they fought for and the appreciation for, Sesame street and the Muppets and why they were successful and why people love them and why, why Disney can't replicate what has come before or why they just can't like come back to why Muppet Christmas Carol is so important because it's like the movie that, prove they had to prove they could do something without Jim Henson it was just really yeah. good but what was also really good is that like it's also kind of like a weird mini biography for Frank Oz because he's in it so much
1: oh um, interesting so sure, because he yeah. worked with
0: Jim for decades and so like you get this you get the Jim Henson story but you also weirdly intersect with the story of Frank Oz and Yoda and Star Wars and like all these other things that crop up like like, I'm pretty sure it's Frank Oz, or, or it might be another puppeteer that did the puppetry work for the sound of music. Like, you know, like for the Lonely Goat wild, Herd. Yeah. Right. That's like, what's wild. Well, wild? Like, why would you know that otherwise? It's just like really cool stuff like that. Definitely worth your time. Very cool. Definitely one of the best things I have read in 2022. So, but Frank, I think that brings us to the end of our episode. Um, so tell the
1: people where they can find us after you drink your beer because you're drinking your beer. You I'm can sorry. Find us. No, that's fine. You're fine. I shouldn't, I shouldn't have been better. Uh you can find us at com at, at thoughtbubbleaudio.com. You can support us at patreon.com slash thought audio. Uh you can email us at geeks at gmail.com. Uh and um you can uh not really so big on Twitter anymore, but um you can follow me at Frank at ramblings.ocial if uh if Mastodon is your thing um but uh yeah uh, bureau with geeks on pretty much you know anywhere you you care to look and uh and and yeah if you want to throw a couple bucks at us patreon is great if you want to throw us a a apple podcasts review um a rating that, that would be much appreciated or just subscribe to us wherever you're listening to us right now so you don't miss an episode and tell a friend and that'll basically do it for us
0: all right well well said frank
1: um until next time cheers cheers